Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to uh, another edition of Monday Mini. I think we are going to kind of switch up the Monday Mini soon-ish. Um, or it's still going to be newsy type things, but we're also going to have kind of a Samantha reacts to stuff. Yeah. Corner. Yeah. And tells me about it. Yeah. I want to tell you about things and see how you react as we oh, discuss it. Put me in the hot seat. Yeah. Okay. 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 But this one is sort of a, this outline is probably one of the spiciest outlines I've ever written. Y'all, she wrote this so quickly, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, yeah. in like a fury. And then when I looked at it, yes. the first thing you said was like, did you read it? I'm ready. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I don't think I'm not feeling as riled up as I was when I wrote this. This is one of those things. Every now and then it happens. You just have a question. Mm-hmm. And you, you're like, oh, I'm going to look into this. And then it becomes an episode and you weren't planning it right. at all. Right. That's what happened here. There is a content warning, but I mean, nothing serious, but we are talking about some toxic fandom and some of the the fallout from that. I also want to be really clear because this is a spicy outline. I grew up reading like a lot of DC comics. Like I, I, this is not like me saying anything in particular about like, oh, I don't like DC or anything like that. I kind of just was curious about some things because it kept coming up in other outlines we were doing. Um, This kind of fan base and it is a a, a toxic part of the fan base. Uh, We're kind of talking about the DCEU, the DC Extended Universe, and specifically kind of the Snyderverse. So I just want to be clear with that. Like, even though I'm going to get brought up, I'm really annoyed at kind of these toxic... Snyder fanboys, uh, <laughs> but not the fan of at all. There are plenty of DC movies that I like. Um, so. Plenty of DC movies that's not going to happen anymore. Also true. And I get that that hurts. I do get that that hurts. And I'm going to talk about that too. Um, and it, 
yeah, yeah. And there's like shows and like I said, comics that I, I liked. One of the things I find really interesting about the Snyderverse, and I find this interesting with Star Wars as well, like the original Star Wars trilogy was supposed to be optimistic and that's why a lot of people liked it. And now all the new stuff is not optimistic. Now all the new stuff is like, this is drama and war. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Batman, well, I guess not. When it was early, early sitcom-y. In yeah, the 50s, but like, it wasn't. But specifically, yeah, Batman was kind of the like, oh, you like Superman, who was this super optimistic, kind of hopeful character. And what we're seeing with the Snyderverse is not really that at all. Um, in fact, even in, in just like the, the color tones and palette they use is very grim. So I, that's something I've been thinking about. And I want to come back and visit, uh, but that's that's for that's for a later date. <laughs> um, so basically, the question I had was, why were we running a- across the Snyderverse and so many of our other episodes? Because we talked about them in our Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, which makes sense because she was in Aquaman. We talked about the them in our YouTube episode. I remember the Oscars kind of sillily had like a fan you can vote for best picture. I don't know if it was last year. I think it might have been two years ago. And they voted for Justice League. And so and that wasn't like on my radar at all. So I was kind of like scratching my head about it. I keep seeing some kind of Snyderverse things trending on Twitter. I knew about like release the Snyder Cut and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. So. Like it's like four or five hours long, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's ridiculously long. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's plenty of articles about it. Honestly, I think we could come back and do a whole episode on this. I did read that it's rated as more toxic than Star Wars, which says something. Wow. <laughs> but Rise of Skywalker is for sure in the same league because, and we'll talk about it in a second, but the idea of like who whose fan, whose voices of fans get heard and whose doesn't and what gets retconned because of that is a big part of this conversation. And Rise of Skywalker was an example of that for sure. I did find DC fans are in general older than Marvel fans and like a lot of the arguments break down to a DC versus Marvel thing in a way that I wasn't anticipating and maybe that's silly of me. But I guess like feeling DC fans feeling very persecuted and angry at Marvel and Disney in general for doing better kind of financially or getting more what they view as more support like publicly, as opposed to DC, when they think that DC movies are better. Um, so it's basically proof for all unintelligent sheep. And again, I want to make very clear, this is a small section of the fan base. I am not saying this about all the fan base. <laughs> Please don't get mad at me. <laughs> but like, there are articles you can find from publications that I was kind of surprised printed them, where they were basically saying like, this is all a conspiracy Disney infiltrated DC and ruined those movies so that they could get more Marvel and Star Wars movies made. DC's not under Disney, is it? No, it, okay. but exactly. But because, okay. and we'll talk about this in a second, but because Joss Whedon came in and took over Justice League, they see that as like, aha. Um, okay, so when asked about this, uh, Zack Snyder has said that they are, these fans are passionate, not toxic which I do think there are passionate fans, but I also think there are very toxic fans. Um, and when I was reading about this, it seems some people don't understand what toxic fandom is and are arguing that 
people bullying them by liking another fandom more is toxic, which it can be toxic, but to me it just sounded like, well, they don't like what I like and they're not like backing me up and that's toxic. (laughs) It really didn't seem like a bunch of the articles I read got what toxic fandom is. And I saw, okay, I'm getting into the spicy bits because I read this article and the person who wrote it uh, was said, claimed that he was called a toxic fan because he didn't like the Star Wars sequels, and I 100% don't believe that's true. Or at the very least, (laughs) there is no way in hell that it equates to what people who were in created and people who liked those sequels experienced. Like, they're kind of notoriously not liked, (laughs) especially The Last Jedi. Like, I maybe some people were mean to you. I'm, I'm not trying to downplay it, but my God, when I was reading that article, I was like... No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Just no. Um, And you can criticize films for valid, non-hateful reasons. I always try to make that point. Like, that's totally legit. That's not toxic fandom. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. What toxic fandom is like, attacking people online, scaring, forcing, coercing people off social media who were Mm -hmm. actors in it. Like, Mm -hmm. not people who are like, actually... I think this was pretty good. And you're like, no, it wasn't. That's not toxic <laughs> fandom. <laughs> oh. Anyway, here is a quote from this article. It's just off-putting that a company that once made a short featuring Donald Duck dressed up as a Nazi should think it has the right to cash judgment. The whole world is so frantic to assail anyone who is less than elated by the latest Star Wars film that they seem to completely overlook the historic crimes of the parent company. Now, do you seriously think that's by accident? The point being that it's supposed to be some big conspiracy that Disney infiltrated DC and did all this. And look, I don't know what world you're living in. Disney gives zero Okay, they've done some bad stuff. <laughs> I'm not defending that, but the f- are you talking about? <laughs> I can tell you again, angry people online in general did not like the sequels. I don't know what this is, what you're talking about with like less than elated by the latest Star Wars films. This is not, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not defending Disney at all, but I just don't understand this mind process. Ugh. But a lot of it did come down to that of like Marvel versus DC, Star Wars versus DC. This is some big plot uh, to ruin the Snyderverse for us. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, man, I am getting riled up. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, the campaign for the Snyder Cuts began in 2017 when Snyder had to back away from filming Justice League due to a death in the family. It was very tragic. And Joss Whedon was hired to finish it. And this was supposed to be the pinnacle of Snyder's foray in the DC universe. It did not do well. Um, And fans uh, started demanding for the Snyder Cut. They uh, were known as the hashtag Release the Snyder Cut Collective. And this campaign went all out as at Comic-Con and in Times Square, um, perhaps paid for by Snyder himself, according to some things I read. And there was this huge myth that got built up around it, that there was this mysterious cut that multiple reports have shown did not exist. Um, Snyder tweeted about it, though. Actors who were in it tweeted about it. So the, the myth continued, and and this collective has done some good things, uh, like raising hundreds of thousands of dollars for suicide prevention awareness after the death of Snyder's daughter. Um, though some have argued they just did that to appear legitimate. I don't want to get into that. Um, Snyder said of this and the accusation that the movement was toxic in regards to that toxic fandom, or it's a win for toxic fandom. Again, in what world does this toxic fandom raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for suicide prevention? How is that toxic fandom? They probably achieved more than any other fan base and done more good than any other group. So I don't understand. Well, I could explain it to you, but I... (laughs) You will not listen. (laughs) Both things can be true, you know? You can do a good thing and be a toxic fan. Right. Both things can be true. And I feel like as a culture, we have a hard time accepting that. Right. Loyalty does not mean good or bad, essentially. Like, loyalty could be good or bad. Mm -hmm. Like, it's either or on that one. So, if they're loyal to Snyder, then, yes, they're going to care about what he cares about and then, therefore, do what he wants or Mm -hmm. what what they think is an ode to him, rather. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have no idea because I didn't realize... 
all I know of this controversy is, yes, there's a Snyder Cut, which lasts like 10, 15, 20 hours, apparently. <laughs> um, and then Whedon came in, and he's got a lot of stink on him uh, from the actors that have made many accusations towards him which have been somewhat founded by witnesses and all that stuff. So I find it interesting that maybe it's just the drama surrounding the people that are a part of this, not so much, you know, like that in itself can cause a lot of drama and therefore studios may be backtracking, even though with Ezra Miller, they're not backtracking, weirdly enough. Yeah, well, yeah. And that was one thing that struck me when I was, 2 a.m. researching this because this was a fury of research I did a very <laughs> yes. late um, yes, was how many controversies I kind of stumbled on that I was like oh wow I could because like Ezra Miller there was stuff with Joss Whedon when he came in as well right in this universe specifically in this other universe. stuff yeah, yeah. fire um, people uh, yeah. like DC does not seem stable, and I don't know if it's because they are trying to bring in someone that's a good fit. Because uh, I know Snyder's been a part of this for a while, right? Since yes. Christian Bale. Was he a part of the Christian Bale? No, that's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, that's Son Christopher Nolan. Son of a biscuit. There's so many people in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was a part of the Cavill Affleck world. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm caught up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so... Again, we could come back and do a whole episode on this. Um, and I know I'm like coming out strong, but I promise, I promise, I don't have a problem. I, I like I like some of these things. Um, and one of the things I saw a lot in articles defending Snyder have some kind of like version of, well, every group is problematic in some way, which is true. At least, especially like when in this specific conversation when you're talking about these kind of big fandoms. Uh, here's a quote. Um, For some reason, though, the toxic tag is often tossed onto Zack Snyder's DC fans like they're unwanted freaks. Moreover, Warner Media CEO Ann Sarnoff joined the chorus of booze. Sarnoff admitted to Variety, that behavior is reprehensible no matter what franchise you're talking about or what business you're talking about. It's completely unacceptable. I'm very disappointed in the fans that have chosen to go that negative place with regards to DC, with regard to some of our executives. Quite frankly, Sarnoff comes across as a Karen. Would you like cheese with your wine? She tossed everyone in the trash. On some level, her bitterness is understandable. After all, there are some nasty folks out there. Nevertheless, she's misinformed. Can you imagine Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige bashing the MCU fans who demanded that the Falcon and Winter Soldier be a gay love story? Furthermore, Warner Brothers' inability to reason and communicate with Snyder fans is among the worst PR disasters in decades. (laughs) The hypocrisy of a studio operating in such a toxic manner to supposedly toxic followers is shocking. From my perspective, he has among the most passionate fans I've ever seen. They moved mountains on social media to have the Snyder Cut finished and released. Warner Brothers swiped left. Warner Brothers slammed the doors in their faces and left them out in the cold. There is a lot to pick apart in that quote, okay? (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) The rubbing of the forehead. (laughs) Okay. I do... I am a fan of things. I am a big fan of things. I get hurt by choices creators make. I try to keep it all in perspective of ultimately, you know, this is a a entertainment I don't own. Um, And what I want... What I think, you know, a lot of people might want. That's not what everybody wants. And that's not what's going to happen a lot of the times. In fact, 
<laughs> so let me backtrack yeah. here because I knew people wanted the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. The reason Snyder stopped Justice League was because of a death in his family, a tragic death. So they brought on Whedon. Mm-hmm. Are the fans accusing Warner Brothers of finding an excuse to replace him to begin with? Or are they upset that they didn't just pause the filming and let him grieve and then come back? Like, what was the controversy in that? Because that seems to be reasonable to continue yeah. on with the project, but it, I guess Snyder didn't give his blessing to who would do it or to if they can do it. Is that the is that the thing? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a bunch of things. I think that. Like I said at the start, this is, I keep saying like DC, but it's more of like the Snyderverse fans that we're talking about. Um, So they thought like this is his pinnacle. This is going to be the, you know, the last thing he might do and it's going to be really good. And then he leaves and instead of stopping it, they bring in Joss Whedon who had done the Avengers. And so this is where that kind of conspiracy theory angle comes in of like, but he was in Marvel and now you're bringing him in here, which we'll talk about what's going on right now. Um, a second. Um, so some people have like that conspiracy level anger about it. Others are m- more just like, why didn't you just wait to finish it? And because it was kind of widely not, the finished product was a mess. Uh, that's kind of the consensus. Okay. That it was like, well, it could have been so good. And then this, like I said, according to most stuff I read, there was not a mysterious cut. Um, like waiting, but there was like this I, myth or like idea that there was, and they were holding it. People viewed it. They did, but that's we're going to talk about that in a second. Oh, okay. But it didn't exist previously. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but okay. they were saying like it's there, and you won't let us see it. Oh, okay. Because I, from what I read, the critics really bombed it, like hated it. <laughs> <sighs> oh well. <laughs> 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 maybe I'm wrong. Maybe those are just the people I follow or I've seen in my timeline. Right. They're like, oh, no, this was not worth it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and we'll talk about that more in a second, too. One of the other things I want to say here is, as I was kind of alluding to, like, it, any creator who's kind of like, you know, like, if you are in the DC world and you don't like DC, that can be a tough pill to swallow. I, I from what I read, that is not what was going on here. She was saying... Like there, there were all of these kind of toxic actors in the space, like toxic fans in the space. That's not. That's not. I what I from what I gathered, that's not what she was talking about. Was like oh DC fans at general. She was talking about this very specific thing. Right. I could be wrong, but I don't think. Uh, I think she was talking about what we've talked about several times about like the kind of abuse actors and creators and and people higher ups face when you do something that that fans don't like and you can, like i said you can have a valid opinion that you can voice in a way that isn't hateful and isn't toxic that's a different thing but if you're kind of like swarming attacking hating right. somebody then that's like toxic territory that like when we talked about that in our Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing like they kind of were constantly mentioned as like helped sway the trial the way it went right with their presence on social media because they thought Amber Heard was ruining their DC universe. <laughs> Interesting. 
Also, yeah, let's talk about if they'd made Falcon in the Winter Soldier a gay love story. Do you think that would have gone over well? Because I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Right. People are pissing themselves for different ethnicities playing different roles that were never existing or playing the original roles. They're like, but that's not what we like now. Like, that's just, I love it. Oh, yes. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was bought it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Uh, Another thing, reporters and general people about the internet, which I did think about when I was putting this together, have received death threats, slurs, and hateful messaging for the crime of publicly not being interested, not being interested, not even not liking, not being interested in the Snyder Cut, um, or dared not like his other works. Um, DC Comics and Warner Brothers executives stopped using Twitter altogether due to the onslaught of hate that they received. Yeah. 
Okay. Snyder seemed in some ways to encourage this whole thing. He told the New York Times that while sometimes terrifying, quote, it's in some ways fun to surf the wave of a cultural phenomenon. Um, He allegedly kept a list of those who doubted him and those he wanted to confront, uh, but was held back from doing so. Like, he'd be like, oh, if only I could confront this person, you know who it is, wink, wink. Um, So there's that. From Vox, here's a quote. Not only did the crusade stand out in terms of volume of harassment, but frequently in terms of its tone. As detailed in a Medium post by cultural writer J.M. Carter, the key figures of the movement included one YouTuber who posted a meme in which Marvel head Kevin Feige was murdered by Nazis and a blogger who attacked everyone, even peripherally related to the Justice League, with, quote, vulgarity and racially charged hysteronics. So that's what we're talking about. That's, that's... I just want to be like 100% clear because I am getting mad, but I'm getting mad at these folks. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Which do exist in a lot of fandom, almost all fandom, all fandom probably. But the quote continues. So when we discuss the Snyder Cut then, we're not only discussing the film's long journey to release, we're also discussing a sustained harassment campaign rooted in fans' loyalty to and love of Zack Snyder himself. Snyder is a straight white male creator known for making movies that showcased grim, dark, violent, testosterone-fueled fantasies of hyper-masculinity. I would argue that it's far more accurate to describe it as a conspiracy theory that fans brought to the studio's attention through toxic online harassment. Warner Brothers' decision to ask Snyder to edit a version of the film he was originally slated to direct arose as a response to demand from an entitled male-dominated fandom. Imagine if the Fifty Shades of Grey fandom, full of older female romance fans, suddenly began demanding a new Sixty Shades of Grey with all their consumerist might. Would the media's reaction be one of breathless excitement, or would it be one of condescending disbelief tinged? with mockery. Compared to the massive media attention garnered by fans' calls to release the Snyder Cut, the hashtag Barrier Gaze campaign received a pittance of cultural attention, and it arguably achieved a negative result. At the Writers Guild panel, several writers actively resisted the call to stop killing queer characters and pushed back against the idea that fans should fixate on characters' sexuality at all. And then, uh, from time... The man who originally started the Change.org petition to release the Snyder Cut, Roberto Mata, has made racist and sexist comments. In another Change.org petition, he called his critics feminist, Black Lives Matter advocates, and social justice warriors trying to silence him for the sake of, quote, political correctness. To their credit, other prominent voices in the release of the Snyder Cut movement have disavowed Mata. And so this kind of brings us to the, like, what I was saying before was which fans get heard. Because, here's another quote from Time, Warner Brothers is far from the first studio to bend to the will of their loudest critics. After a group of misogynists protested the all-female Ghostbusters movie and harassed and hacked one of its stars, Leslie Jones, to the point of driving her off social media, Columbia Pictures greenlit another Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife, directed by Jason Reitman and due out next year, that would ignore the events of the 2016 film. Reitman declared he would, quote, hand the movie back to the fans, which many took as a suggestion that the misogynist trolls who railed against a female Ghostbusters were the true fans and women were not. Um, And that's something we talked about with The Last Jedi as well when they kind of retconned and ignored everything that happened in The Last Jedi after all this outcry, like, who won in that? It was kind of these, like, racist, sexist people. And, like, like, again, you cannot like the 2016 Ghostbusters. You cannot like The Last Jedi, but the people who were leading these campaigns, so much of it was infiltrated by that toxicity and they were the ones that got what they wanted 
In 2020, for a variety of reasons, including wanting to distance from Whedon to satisfy fans and make up with Snyder, HBO put $70 million more to the Snyder Cut. Um, And this was after, yeah, it majorly flopped, which fans blamed Disney slash Marvel and the media for. Uh, that they were paying for good reviews and DC was being oppressed, essentially, was a argument I heard a lot. They also attacked Star Wars properties as a way to damage Disney, so they were some of the, like, Star Wars hate that was coming, even they didn't care about Star Wars. Some speculate that AT&T and HBO did this purposefully to get subscribers. Like, they knew, like, this would stir up, like, oh, people will come and watch the Snyder Cut. Um... The think pieces for whether the resulting film was good are too much for right now. Um, So many argue about whether it was worth it or just a huge company bowing to a small but loud group. Some won't even call them toxic, which mm, I would disagree. It is 242 minutes long. Uh, But Snyder fans loved it. And a a fair amount of critics did too, to be fair. Fair amount of critics did too. But yeah, I was kind of shocked at how many problematic things I found in this very brief research. And that brings us kind of to today, which is, yes, recently James Gunn and Peter Safran were named co-heads of the newly formed DC Studios, and there was enormous backlash. And that's like, uh, it's its own thing. That is its own thing. But but um, they both released statements that were kind of like, wow, I get not being disappointed or not being happy or but these are like death threats and hateful things. And I kind of was immediately like, well, did you stick up for the women in your films? But anyway, that's also a different thing. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, a 2022 report found that 13% of the Snyderverse may have been powered by bots, which is interesting. But again, yeah, this is sort of my big takeaway is like what fans get what they want because they spent a lot of money to reshoot this based on what sounds like to be just a smallish group of very, very angry fans. Very angry, toxic fans. And uh, I do I do get being upset, I promise you, about a thing that you love. But <laughs> there's just a difference between that and threatening people um, online and kind of controlling the narrative and and silencing, silencing other people who don't agree right. with you. So yeah, there That's we go. Definitely the opposite of as people talk about being too woke or too politically correct, and you can't do anything anymore. This is kind of that same other side. Is if you have this type of loyal type base that wants to keep this level of misogyny in the conversations in like these types of movies, and I say level of misogyny meaning like the dudes who go after, and I said the dudes who go after uh, actors and, and executive directors or people who have minimal control or like may not have the final say or may have made a decision based on finance, which does is hurtful because it is so personal for people. It is interesting that that gets listened to in that respect. But, you know, like we give excuses for the other side. It's, it's this weird spectrum of who has the power, who really has the power and who has perceived power. Right. For sure. Because it's it's definitely so much of this that I was reading was kind of the, oh, we're the victims here. Mm. Uh, the media's against us. Disney and Marvel's got a conspiracy plot against us. Like all of these things. <laughs> I don't know. It was definitely like 
that was one of the things I wasn't expecting as much of was the, oh, I'm being victimized by Marvel <laughs> or I'm being victimized by... I was kind of like, oh. <laughs> That's really interesting, the verses. And I, I get it. Like, yeah. I jokingly have heard people talk about who prefers what. Yeah. And I think right now, yeah, Marvel had the headway in getting the movies and the characters out there and its popularity it definitely helped that Disney did buy it out and had a lot more money and now bringing the universes together mm-hmm. instead of being separate. But it's quite interesting because I don't read comics and I don't have an opinion. I enjoy the Marvel films because I think they're brainless films. I'm like, great, let me enjoy this <laughs> action-packed, nonsensical blockbuster. Um, I, you know, kind of felt the same way about, but I really enjoyed Wonder Woman and I'm very sad that she's not coming back and uh, think that that's sad and I understand the second movie flopped. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Was it ridiculous? Yeah. Yes. Did I enjoy it? Yes. But mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting, this whole battle between, the, there's so many levels of why people are angry. Yeah. And the fact that I'm guessing since Gunn worked with DC and Marvel, they yeah. see this as a betrayal as well. Yes. Oh, yes. And that's like what I keep seeing now is, oh, he's going to hire all these Marvel actors to be in DC. Right. The whole thing that happened with Henry Cavill, they're like, oh, shit, it's already happening. I guess he was in Snyderverse. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. But there was not a Superman. He didn't do a Superman. It was all just Justice League or Batman, right? He was in Justice League, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean... uh, (laughs) There's just so many things I could talk about. But I, I mean, there are problems with Disney and Marvel. Like, I don't want to make it sound like there aren't. Oh, no. There are yeah. problems with those fandoms as well. But it, I just hadn't anticipated the level of, to me, what felt like conspiracy theory. And certainly, like, Disney does own so much stuff. Mm-hmm. So I get that. But, wow. <laughs> Some Ooh, of the things I wow. read, I was like, whoa. <laughs> People are ready to fight, apparently. People are ready to fight, and not in the fun fan way that I enjoy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can have, like, a fun, rousing disagreement about, like, well, I think this is better, but this is not that. This This is is not not fun. No. No. Harassing people is not fun. No, it is not. No, it is not. So, listeners, if you have any thoughts about any of this, if you are a DC fan, if you had to deal with any of this... Please let us know. Uh, you can email us at stephaniemomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. 
As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, what's good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.